Hi there, I'm Mark Icero, and this is Article Club, a community of thoughtful people who read, annotate, and discuss one great article every month on race, education, or culture, along with the author. Last month in June, we read and discussed A Homecoming by Amira Mercer, and our conversation last Sunday was really, really wonderful, especially because Ms. Mercer chose to join us. But things got even better the next day when Ms. Mercer said that she would be open and interested to participating in a podcast interview with me and Sarai. So I'm very pleased and honored to share with you our conversation recorded earlier this week. In it, Ms. Mercer speaks on a number of important issues, including her journey in plant-based eating, what it means to her, especially as a black woman, and what it means to move toward liberation. Here it is, and please enjoy. Thank you, Amira, so much for being on Article Club. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Sarai and I have tons of questions for you. The first one, though, is you came to Article Club last Sunday, and we're just so appreciative that you did. But wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you, like, how was your experience there? Um, it was really fun just, like, actually being able to talk to people outside of my family about the article was really cool and people with different perspective, meat eaters, people who have been vegetarian or vegan for 20 plus years. So yeah, I feel like it, it kind of set a light bulb off in my head about different ideas. I kind of went on like a whole Twitter spree afterwards, just like rapid firing things that were on my brain after the club. So it was really cool. It's so great that you were there. And it's so great that you were in Sarai's group too. So like Sarai, you know, you, you had a good time too, right? Oh my gosh. There was just so many, the way that we were able to like feed off of each other's questions and, and be in conversation about not just the article, but where we're at kind of now in our, in our individual journeys. Like it felt really, like I felt really held by the group, you know, like I felt like even though we don't, specifically know each other like we all had each other's like best interests you know like at heart and we like we didn't always like there were some different things that we didn't everybody didn't have the same perspective on but we were able to kind of like show a collective understanding of not just veganism but like black womanhood especially when it as it relates to food and that was something like super super special to me for sure super special yeah I think that's why I like I stayed in the room just because I I hadn't before that had a lot of opportunities to talk to Black women, just us, about my article especially. So that was really, really nice. Well, you also said on Sunday, Amira, that like you've been writing for a while, obviously. You've been writing in some major publications, but that this, like this is sort of like the big piece so far that's really resonated. And so can you say a little bit more about what do you think's going on with it? I mean, obviously it's an amazing, beautifully written piece, um, Homecoming, but it seems like it's striking a, a chord. Can you say more? Yeah, I mean, I think personally, it's just a testament to the authenticity of what I put into that piece because it, it was the most personal thing I've ever written. And I am a very private person, so I know it's maybe not as personal as other people who just put their whole life out there, but it was really personal for me just to talk about fam like hint to family dynamics and even just mention 
the history of like my grandfather joining the nation of Islam and things like that. And I remember a friend said to me once, and she's also a black woman, but she said to me like, you're like the blackest person I know. And it's just like my, my family history, my family lineage is very black American, you know, like coming from Newark, New Jersey, having Christianity and Islam as part of my life. There are just so many things that, yeah, do make me like a very well-rounded representation of black American life. So I think that resonates a lot in the piece. And then just people love food. And when you can combine, you know, black history with food, I think it really helps people think about you know, our, our relationship with this country and our history and, and kind of buries that trauma because there is a lot of collective trauma and celebration that's associated with Black food. So I think maybe a piece hasn't really touched on that before. I, I find that super interesting because like, like you were saying, for you, something personal may not look like what's personal to other people. And I feel, I feel that especially with with Black writers, Black women writers specifically, like every single thing that we choose to write about, it's an expanse, like it's an entire universe because to so many other different things, whether that's, like you said, family dynamics, whether that's um, politics, whether that's, you know, lifestyle. And that's one of the things I super appreciated about reading your piece is that like there wasn't a line in there where I wasn't like, oh my God, like this connects to every (laughs) other part of my life, honestly. And one of the things, one of the things you talked about, like in terms of being, in terms of being vegan, like you felt like it was a revocation of your own black card. And like that, it's super interesting kind of with what you just said about, you know, being the blackest person, you know, and like having all this lineage and connection to, to, to being black American. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like on one hand, you're the blackest person we know, but on another hand, like not eating meat anymore felt like a revocation of, of some like blackness and I'm wondering how you're navigating like how you navigate that well when I was writing that piece at the time the way that I navigated that was just kind of like coming to a new understanding of what blackness even means at the time like the reason that I started feeling that way is because my family had such a strong reaction to me removing meat and dairy from my diet like that's literally all I was doing I was trying to share the knowledge and I was getting such big resistance. And then I was getting a lot of generalizations and yeah, generalizations thrown on me about the way that I lived my life outside of the food choices I was making. So it just made me feel like there were judgments being placed on me about whether I even still fit in with the family because it was like, I couldn't really participate in the same way at holidays and cookouts that I had before. And I felt the energetic shift toward me. I felt attitude shift a little bit toward me. So it made me kind of question, am I going to have a family, a tribe to, to where I'll feel comfortable? And now the way that I navigate that, like I live in Baltimore now and there is a plant-based scene here and there is a Black plant-based scene here. So my husband and I, we are slowly building our tribe and it feels really good. I mentioned this during the the article club, but like my idea of Blackness now has kind of shifted from this idea of like my ancestry 
started as Americans, as slaves on American soil. And now I understand my Blackness as my ancestors probably were indigenous already to this land. So, you know, it makes me think about the food that I'm eating now, the way that I eat now, plant-based whole foods. I don't cook the food too much. A lot of raw, raw vegan food is very indigenous. And so I feel even more secure in my Blackness now with the food choices that I make. And that's like, like on, you know, on like an individual, like as an individual, you know, stepping out and kind of talking with your family and stuff. And then on the larger, on the larger societal context, you also talked about like the fact that like that choice that you made, that individual personal choice you made was a political one, like society, like society on a society, societal level, excuse me. And I know we talked about this a little bit in article club. But um, but let's see, the quote is, I also understand that a Black woman, any personal choice I make to celebrate my identity is inevitably political. And for that reason, plant-based eating is probably one of the Blackest things I could do. So still revolving around this, like, this idea of expanding Blackness, I'm wondering a little bit, I'm wondering a little bit more about that political identity as well. And you did speak to it, you know, in terms of expanding our, our understanding of who our ancestors were. But I just wanted, is there anything else you want to add in terms of like a political identity? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, I think a lot of our identity as Black people here in America is still rooted in this idea of freedom and understanding what that means outside of like physically not being free. We, I, I would say we have this illusion that we can do whatever we want. But in reality, there are a lot of unseen limitations that kind of dictate your move from, you know, what you eat to the way you talk to where you can go and things like that. So once I understood how important, like once I started making my transition into plant-based eating, the light bulb clicked for me how integral the food that you eat is to your experience here on this earth. And I understood that the food that I was eating was actually helping me to find my freedom, whether that was mental freedom. Yeah, mental freedom, like helping me with my mental health so that I can think clearer or spiritual freedom, reconnecting me to my roots, reconnecting me to the relationship I have with the creator or physical freedom, like just, but you know, it all works in tandem. Like the healing journey really, really starts with the food. And, you know, I'd, I, it's not my intention to be political, but as a Black person, as a Black woman, as we move toward understanding what our freedom looks like on this land, every move that you make is going gonna, is gonna to be political, even if it's, it's literally just like, I want to be able to give my kids the same options that someone who's really, really privileged and doesn't have to worry about can operate, you know, like super rich people like, um, I don't know, like Elon Musk, he can operate outside of the boundaries of the society because he has the money to be able to do that along with other privileges. And, you know, I want to be able to give my, my legacy the same opportunity to operate however they see fit. So that comes across as political when you are a black person it's seen wow. as political and it's really just no i just i just want freedom for myself and my family and food plays a big part in that so i understand that food is very political yeah and 
it, it's so political that it should make people question why, why are people being encouraged to eat certain foods and not other foods? That was a that was a whole word. Like, we could say that all day. Mark, you better jump in because I have more. <laughs> I do have a follow up on that. So it's so clear, and your piece made so clear that the power of food, and mm-hmm. just we all know that we 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 decide what to put in our bodies. The at the family level, at the societal level, we know how powerful food is, and yet it seems like people haven't really figured that out yet. You know, like the, just the daily decisions of what we put into our bodies have such like important impact um, and influence. And I, I, guess, I guess I'm also interested too about how you have sort of shown up with your family also after having your revelation. Have they shifted also? Have they sort of like sort of seen where you're coming from or is there still a conversation that you're having with them? It's still very much a conversation. Yeah, they don't fully, they don't understand it the way that I understand it. And that's what makes me so radical because I'm really uncompromising with what I believe the food does to you when you eat it and they, they and a lot of people are still guided on taste. So it's like, like for example, my husband and I, we make plant-based dinners for the community. Like every Sunday we'll sell plant-based dinners just to have another food option so that, so that people can't say, oh, it's really hard to eat plant-based. And we're like, well, no, we're, we're making, if you live in Baltimore, you can get a plate here. But people are always like, oh, it tastes so good. And it's like, well, yeah, we're using you know, our normal herbs and spices that I know that Black people like to use in their food. That's why it tastes like home cooking. But a lot of people, they're so worried about taste and so worried about things tasting the way that they, the way that they like remember things to taste. Like they want to taste that cheeseburger over and over. They want to taste the lasagna over and over. And it is tough to crack through and and say like listen don't worry about taste for a while your taste buds need time to adjust this is about nourishing your body this is about creating the best chance for life for you on this earth you only have one life you want to make sure that you're living it to its fullest and that your body can do the things that you want it to do and yeah, I mean the thing that the thing that helped me really, which I didn't really talk about in the piece, but I alluded to it through talking about Dr. Savy and Iris Latham is juice cleansing. And I told you guys this, I think, on the at the club that I'm currently on a 34-day juice cleanse and I'm on day 25 today. And what juice cleansing does is it allows you to clean out your colon clean out all the old rotting food that's in, in, in your colon, and it gives your body a chance to rest so that it's not digesting food, and then it can focus on healing other areas of your body. So let's say you have a tumor somewhere, it will dissolve that tumor because now your body is not focused. My body hasn't had to focus on digestion for 25 days, so it can focus on other areas of my body that need healing. And when I did my first extended juice cleanse, that was what really rewired my brain. After I came out of that, I never ate meat again. Like before I did that, I was nibbling on chicken fingers here and there, fish. 
after I did, did that, I never ate meat again because my I came out with a new understanding. So I I have also tried to get like my family members into juicing and I've had mixed results, but no one is willing to go like the full 30 days because that's how long it takes to kind of rewire. And so, yeah, it's, it's, you have to let go of this idea that I have to taste this burger. It's like, you can go without the burger for 30 days. Trust me, like you will be so grateful. And then you'll have a new understanding of what food is even supposed to look like, taste like, what it's supposed to do for you, how you're supposed to feel. Going 30 days without meat, without a burger, without like, you'll be like, oh, I feel way different. And you'll understand that some of that stuff is really harmful for you. But it's, yeah, it's a conversation still that I'm having. So, you know, I don't know what the tactic is. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That, I mean, like, in, in your article, you talk about how, like, Amir Baraka was one of the folks who was like, yes, soul food, yes, like, this is a part of our legacy, this is a part of our history, and his mind changed. But he even, ha- he, he even had, like, a still a little bit of dissonance in terms of, like, how accessible he, I think the, the what he used was, like, hippies in blackface or something like this. And there's some, like, there's something about that that, and I was mentioning this in the article club, like having these conversations, like having this, like, you know, when you, when you know something and when you know something to be true, I mean, when you're trying to have that conversation with somebody else, that brings up a lot of things, like, especially in terms of dynamic, in terms of like blackness, even in terms of our history. And I'm wondering, like, do you feel like we have to agree? Like, do you feel like we, we need to all be on the same page here? Like, is that a concern of yours? Like, because I'm thinking about in terms of like larger liberation, right? And I, I also would love to know your thoughts on what liberation looks like. But in this whole, in this larger idea, do you feel like, like, is it a mission of yours to have your family agree with you and be juicing? Or is that something you're worried about? Well, for me, it's not so much agreeing with me, taking information, doing your own research, trying it, and then come into your own conclusions. If you, if you t- take this information and you don't see the truth in it, that you are healthier. And that, so, and I want to say that I am speaking, like I mentioned this a little bit in the piece too, like white people and black people have different makeups and Asian people. And so, you know, we can handle certain things. There are a lot of white people that can, their body can process dairy and animal protein more than black people. And that, that is a scientific fact. So it's not necessarily agreeing with me. It's searching for the truth. Now I, in terms of, I don't necessarily, you know, if my family doesn't juice cleanse, but they just eat more consciously, like I really just promote conscious eating, but I've seen in myself, my husband and our peers, like people who, and OGs like Iris let them, like people who juice have a better quality of life. People who do cleanses have a better quality of life and people who are plant-based have a better quality of life. So I do think that black people, black Americans need to adopt everyone needs to adopt a plant-based diet. How they do that, it might look different 
but whole food plant-based diet, just eating, like when Dr. Savy talks about eating alkaline, he will always encourage black people to eat alkaline. He's talking, he's just talking about eating food that's natural to the land, not eating hybrid fruits and vegetables. So I do, I do think that in order for our liberation, black people do have to get our diet under control because we're eating things that aren't natural to our culture, our original culture, and that cause disease, like there's a reason why, why black people have face a disproportionate amount of illnesses compared to white people. We're, we're eating things that are not natural to our diet. And it's okay to say that, like, it makes people so uncomfortable to say like, white people and black people can handle different things. It's okay to say that, like, we need to eat things that are more nourishing for our constitutional makeup. And yeah, like that's the thing that has caused a lot of tension. Like people see it as, well, I'm going to live my life the way I want to. And it's like, that's totally fine. I just, I'm the type of person, I'm very curious. So if new information comes to me, I'm going to explore it. And that's exactly what happened with, with juicing and with plant-based eating. So it is frustrating when people don't take the information seriously. They just kind of dismiss it. Or they say, I was vegan in college, but it's like, yeah, you were eating potato chips and, cer- and cereal. Like, that's not vegetarian. That, you know, like you weren't eating any whole food. So there's still a learning curve. But I definitely think that Black people should explore plant-based eating. I'll say explore plant-based eating. But yeah. That's, that's beautiful. That's great. Toward the end of the piece, uh, you were reflecting, you reflect a little bit on sort of like the journey as well as the power that you have gained through the process. And it seems like you were speaking to it just right now, as far as what the, I mean, I can just feel the amount of empowerment in the way that you're, that you're speaking to us. And specifically at the end, you talk about, maybe you're talking about liberation at the end of the piece too, about having sort of ownership and control of your body as a Black woman. Is that a little bit where you're going with regard to your sense of liberation as a Black woman? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the most obvious thing and something that I'm working toward is like, I've heard so many stories from people I know from the internet about black women giving birth and the trauma that they've experienced giving birth. And so my husband and I made a conscious decision that we were going to plan for our family using conscious conception. And that includes detoxing our bodies, making sure that we are creating our family from the best physical, mental, and spiritual standpoint so that we can bring in children who have even ground to stand on when they come into this world. And I mean, I think just like looking at the statistics and hearing the stories about Black women giving birth, it really just opens my eyes that um, like, I don't want to go to, I, I will not go to a hospital and be cut open for a C-section when birth is something, natural birth is something that we've been doing for, I don't know, thousands, hundreds, whatever, however long humans have been on this earth. It's not something that needs to be so violent. And so, yeah, have, just having agency and control over my body thinking about my future birth plans, thinking about how I want my body to communicate with itself when I'm giving birth. 
it gives me, it definitely gives me a sense of empowerment. When you're, when you're a plant-based eater, you basically become your own doctor in a way. That's not to say like you shouldn't um, talk to experts or whatever, but you're very in tune with your body. So you know when there's something wrong. It's like, this isn't regular. Even just like looking at your, your bowel movements, you can say, that's not normal. So what's going on here? Maybe I need to eat less of this or eat more in this. Like you become your own doctor. You don't have to rely on any external entity to... I don't have to rely on any external entity to tell me if I'm okay or not. So there's just so much empowerment in plant-based eating. It's not just about eating healthy. It's about being in tune with yourself physically, spiritually, and mentally, knowing who you are, having that understanding. And when you're eating food that clogs you up, you can't have that conversation with yourself as easily. So this is, this is why I, I I do go so hard with educating Black women about juice cleansing, about plant-based eating. This is why I created Other Sons, which is othersons.us. It's a healing guide dedicated to Black women. And the main crux of it is how nutrition affects our health, our spiritual health, our mental health, and our physical health. But I talk about a whole bunch of other stuff too. It's very spiritual, very fun, very knowledgeable. Talk about the, the chakras and all that stuff, but none of, none of that, like your skincare routine doesn't matter. Walking through the chakras doesn't matter. If your food, if your foundation, the food is off. So, you know, yeah, that just gives you so much agency with your body. As a black woman, that's something that we're lacking. We need to get, you know, our ancestral history Black women, we care for each other. Like when a woman gave birth in the community, there were, I mean, dozens of other Black women from the community around her. Everyone was a de facto doula or de facto midwife helping her through the birth process. And it's like, I, I can count on like one hand how many people might be able to assist me during my birth. So it's just like, yeah, we have to get back to a, a, a point where we're sovereign over our bodies and that that involves the food and making sure that we're eating the right stuff. We're really happy that you brought up other sons because obviously Sarai and I and all the article clubbers, we found out about you through your beautiful piece and we're like, oh, this is like great writing and Amira, is, you're like such an outstanding writer, but you're also a healer and you may identify even as a healer equally or even more as a writer. Can you talk a little bit more about what other sons means to you? Yeah, so other sons, I started it one, because I, I am a writer and I still will pitch out ideas to editors, but I was, there were certain things that I wanted to talk about that weren't like celebrity focus. It was just like healing focus or like, I thought this black woman was really cool and I want to interview her. And like editors would be like, no, the angle's just not strong enough or have they worked with a celebrity before? And I was like, no, they're just cool. Like, you got to trust me. And I was getting my pitches declined. So I was like, I'm just going to make a website that has all my failed pitches basically. And I just, cause I, I need to get that energy out there so that I can move on to the next idea. And then it just started taking shape. It slowly started kind of reflecting my personal healing journey. Like it started out as a fashion website and it slowly started reflecting my healing journey because that is like the central 
the central mission of what I'm doing right now is just to heal myself. Like, even if I didn't talk to you guys and I didn't publish that piece, I would still be on the same journey of just healing myself and, and just making sure that I'm happy, whole, natural and healthy. So I was just like, you know, if, if the things that I'm doing are working for me and I've been able to heal myself of depression and like heal myself of anxiety and let go of fear, then this can help someone else. And I was just like, there's no space like this that's talking specifically to black women. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna zero in on that. Like, I never want to alienate anyone. So anyone could go to the website, but I'm like, no, I need to talk to black women because that's the perspective I'm coming from and, that, and that's who I see needs help. And so there's just a lot of good stuff on there. Like I interviewed Kepro, who I mentioned in my piece. Um, he has a raw, he's a raw food chef and we talk about fasting. And I have a sacral chakra movement series coming up where I'm going to talk to a few different people about just using movement to, to help heal and move energy. And it's all a reflection of literally where I am at the moment. So I did like this sensual somatic class and I'm going to interview her for the series, but she really helped me understand like how important touch is to healing yourself. So it's like, now that I have the food element down, I can explore all these other elements and help build on my healing. But I was kind of shy about the food element on other sense at first, because I know that it can, I, it's something that people are so resistant to. And I don't want to be that person that's always preaching. I really don't. I really don't. But it's like, no, you got to listen to me, though. Like, the food element is really important. So I am talking more about that and feeling more confident in talking about that, too, on other sides. Oh, my goodness. So many things entered <laughs> my brain. Well, for, like, first, like, I really appreciate, like, you saying that, you know, it's a reflection of the journey that you're on. Because sometimes I feel like people need to be, we want to be experts at something before we can share. Mm -hmm. And even you just being who you are, like, it opens up possibilities for people to be who they are. So I really appreciate that. And another thing, the other sons, I always want to make an Octavia Butler connection. Because mm -hmm. she has a quote that says, there's nothing new under the sun, but there are other sons, something like something like this. And that's, it's super powerful as it relates to what you're talking about, like this, this expansion of blackness, this expansion of womanhood. I really, really, really resonate with that a lot and super appreciate like the work you're doing there to develop yourself and then and let people in on that like as you go. But you had mentioned in, in the article, you talk about Mr. G, a filmmaker who's talking about things clogging us up so that we don't see who we truly are. And you had you had mentioned that just now something about that was oh, okay. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. G was his like, was his like video friend and videographer toward the last yeah. few years of his life. And he wrote a book where he captured some moments with Dr. Sabi. And that was something that Dr. Sabi said. Oh, okay. Thank you for, thank you for clarifying that. But I like, one thing that I'm, the access to a lifestyle where we can make slow decisions, where we can take our time where we can listen to our bodies, where we can, you know, expand energy in other places besides like fighting oppression. Like this is something like novel. And I, I honestly, like I could see like how people are resistant to this idea of, of wanting to be your own doctor because we've never really been afforded 
Like we've always been taught to not listen to ourselves. We've been taught to to steer away from our intuition. We've been, even when we know what we're saying, we're told that we don't. And so that even, it speaks to the way that veganism is sometimes seen, right? You talk about goopsters or you talk about like this, like idea of veganism that's like not accessible to anybody. And I'm wondering like, what would be a step in beginning to listen to? Like, I understand like the foods, the things. And what I want to get at is like the resistance that people have to making that change based on the... in how inaccessible things have been so far. And I, I wanted to know like what you thought about like a realistic accessible path to starting to listen to yourself, like to starting to understand that veganism and vegetarianism and like yoga or whatever is not just for these rich, wealthy or rich and wealthy, that's the same, but these rich like people who have privilege and time all day to listen to themselves. Like what is one thing you, you would, you would, tell people to start like what would be your entry point I mean I'm trying to think of the right response but the first thing that comes to my head is honestly just like paying attention to the signs like you get signs everywhere so whoever like I'm hoping my article was a sign whoever came across that article if they even had a little kernel in their brain that was thinking about plant-based eating I would hope that they would follow that through and just see if it resonates with them and if it makes them feel better. There were little signs for me. I mean, my husband was a big sign. Like when I met him, we, we worked together and I was new at the job. And when I met him, I was like in that phase of trying to be alkaline, trying to be vegan. And he was in the middle of a 50 day juice cleanse or not the middle. He was at the end of a 50 day juice cleanse and he was an expander for me. There's a podcast. She, she talks about how people places and, and experiences can be expanders. They just open up your mind to say, oh, that's actually possible. And he was an expander for me that I could actually follow through on my health goals. So yeah, I would say follow the signs, but in terms of the accessibility, like we live in a time where it's actually not, I'm going to say it's not that hard to eat healthier. There are buses that go to Trader Joe's if you don't have a car. They're, they're like Trader Joe's is, is relatively cheap. You can shop there. My husband, he's the Alkaline Wave. He has a video on YouTube. It's how to feed your whole family for $60 at Trader Joe's. Like it's on a plant-based diet. So they're like sweet green is pretty inexpensive for a lunchtime spot. If you're on a budget, the bowl, you could get a bowl under $10. So there, there are options produce. I mean, like you can go to like the farmer's markets here in Baltimore are amazing. You can, some of them even have assistance programs. We get like a big garbage bag full of kale for $5. So you just have to do your research. If it's something that's calling you, do your research and you can find resources, a food kitchen. There are just so many different options now because more people are stepping into plant-based eating. Even if they are like, even if they are just doing it because it's trendy or even if it's contributing to this like, goopy idea of veganism, I still take advantage. Like if it follows my moral guidelines of what I want to put into my body, you know, if I can support a black business, 
of course I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that option but you know every everyone is you know as long as the person has good energy or the the business has good energy and I don't you know I'm so in touch with my body like when I eat I can feel if the food had good energy in it and if I get a bad feeling I'm not going to go back to that place but if I feel good after eating your food I'll go back there so there are just so many different ways to get started there's really no excuse just do your research follow the signs and just do the best that you can it's all about getting started I love that yeah I love that mm-hmm. it's just so inspiring it's about getting started it's about following the signs It's also about expanding. I just really love, like, we love your thinking about expanding and being an expander. Yeah, Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, it was a sign when I I saw your article back in January. It was a sign that, you know, like, it it got into the newsletter. And then it was a sign after we emailed you and you said, sure, (laughs) you know, so all these signs are here. And then everybody at Article Club were just so happy to have you and they've been like emailing me like oh you know like I'm doing so like everything's a sign so just Amira thank you thank you so much for this time and and Sarai I just wanted to also see do you have any other questions also for Amira no I no I have all this there's so many things because I will tell myself like nah nah like things are inaccessible things are so unfair in the world like I can't do this, you know, and like even taking the little step, like even taking a small step or finding a sign or, you know, believing in yourself a touch more can help, like can help. And I just, that sits with me so much because it's like, there's always some place you can go and there's always an like some agency you can have. And I've, I've honestly been giving away a little bit of my power, shutting myself down before even trying things. And I feel, I feel like I know a lot of people in that same boat. So just, like the fact that you're not really giving me any excuses not to do it, you know, like you're not really letting up on that. I super, yeah. super, super appreciate that. But I don't have any more questions for you. I'm just basking in gratitude right now for this conversation. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, I do want to add like, I piggybacking off what you said, like there was one point where I was very, very, what I now know I was depressed, but I didn't know that at the time. And I was kind of overwhelmed with everything that was going on in the world. And I was just like, there's nothing anyone can do. And that was before I discovered plant-based eating. And then like, I mentioned this, I've mentioned this before, but like the only reason that I'm sitting here talking to you guys is because I went on my healing journey. Like when you focus on yourself, it's not a selfish thing to do because it actually helps you to show up better in the world. So just me, like, like kind of, I, I did kind of retreat when I first started transitioning, not because I wanted to, but just because, like I said, like I was getting so much resistance to other people. I was just kind of like, okay, I need to protect my energy. I can't really focus on other people's feelings right now. And like, just by me focusing on myself, like now I'm able to show up here on this podcast and hopefully help someone else. So, you know, definitely do not shut yourself down. Like you need to make sure that you're a hundred percent. And like, I I honestly try not to worry too much about all the bigger issues because I know I'm doing my part just by walking in my path. That's all you can do. Like, you know, we have to do it together. So you just got to make sure that you're ready when you're called. You know, when you're called up, you got to make sure you're ready to take that opportunity. So, you know, yeah. one of the things you said in the podcast or in the group that blew my mind was 
your only job is to be healing yourself and that like that's something I've been thinking about a lot and it makes so much sense like I'm, I'm definitely not at a point where I'm not going to be worrying about other things but your point is super well taken that like in order to step up to the things I care about you know I need to be I need to have given myself every chance and every opportunity yes. to, to be whole so yeah wow thank you so much no problem. Again, Amira, thank you so much. You're always welcome at Article Club. I just want to say again, othersons.us. Definitely, listeners, please go check that out as well. But most of all, just thank you so much for your time, Amira, for your wisdom, for your journey, for your writing. Sarai and I and all Article Clubs are super, super grateful. Thank you. Thank you. So fun. You guys are fun.